Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast is brought to you by Fretish.com. Fretish is a brand new service that enables you to rent your musical equipment to other local musicians and make money from your instruments while you're not on the road. If you have a collection of guitars, amps, pedals or other musical kit, why not list it on Fretish and start connecting with musicians just like you? Listings are free and you set the price and conditions of your rental as well as having full control to reject any rental requests. Check out Fretish.com and start making money from your guitar collection today. And welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham, joined this evening by Matt Knight. Hello. Jay Cross. Hello. And Joe Branton. Ah, yes. Fine voices, one and all. Everyone all right this evening? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Yes, I'm quite. in the living room this evening. Yeah, Matt, so you've changed your position. Uh, you're looking more cosy. Um, the internet seems to be working a little better. So, uh, yeah, you know, good, the, good to... You know, um, the uh, internet box... Good to um, good to have you on board as always, joining us via the power of the internet. So um, last week was the Guitar Nerds quiz. If you haven't listened to it, do go and listen to it because I'm sure there'll be references to uh, the Guitar Nerds quiz Joe in this lost. episode. Don't spoil it. Mm. J- Joe won. Yeah, thank Joe you. definitely won. That's <laughs> thank the, you, that's the, thank uh, you. Yes, the spoiler. Yes, um, I won. So uh, yeah, so if you haven't listened to that, do go and listen to this. Joe came be, second. I'm sure there will be uh, big spoilers, um, and uh, lots happened this week in the interim. So um, new videos up on the YouTube channel. Joe and I have been working on some stuff um, discussing the uh, new PRS guitar, the Silver Sky. Um, that video has been doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the Silver Sky. I, I was loathed. To uh, to actually have to do a video on it or edit it, you'll notice I haven't done a video on it or even spoken about it for my actual job. I'm I've sure you ignored will ignore its very existence. Talking of guitar shop videos, did you see that John at Peach has got an original '63 Strat? It's actually his, which he ran through a two rock, which was John Mayer's old rig, and then ran the Silver Sky through a J mod. And did like an A B comparison between the two. Oh, that's cool. The, the 63 Strat sounds 
way better. Okay. Joe, why didn't you? Why didn't you do anything with a sixty-three Strat? Yeah, we've got one. Uh, yeah, I don't have one. Oh, okay. We've got some great sixties custom shops actually at the if moment. We only had some real sixties guitar in the shop that you could have shot some great videos with. Mm. Talking about real 60s <laughs> guitars, um, you had a visit at uh, a GAC from a famous guitar player this week. Yes, my second most hated man in the world <laughs> after That's the thing. After These John two Mayer. stories tie in very, very closely. John Mayer's 60s guitars yeah, plus the, uh, uh, the, people that you love. The equally overrated and, uh, and untalented <laughs> Joe Bonamassa uh, came, into, came into GAK. He was playing... Uh, playing down at you know some uh, some venue which I assume had plenty of seating for all the old people, um, but he came down to have a have a little look around and uh, and he spotted uh, our our very fetching. Uh, we've had it for a little while on like a commission sale, a, uh, a nineteen sixty two uh, real nineteen sixty two ES three three five, which has been sitting around a little bit. I th- uh, for a little bit. I think people were slightly put off because it doesn't have its original tailpiece right it's been no up for it a... had the original tailpiece it didn't have the original saddles there oh, we go oh that's what it was it had nylon saddles rather than right. the original steel because the nylon ones sound better yeah but i think I it even had a letter i think maybe it had a tailpiece fitted at one point then because there are drill holes for there it there, there <laughs> are yes there are holes uh, the, I don't know whether that was a mod in that case that's been undone to make it I guess those it, would bring it back to its uh, two common mods add the nylon saddles and also yeah take off the uh, whatever tailpiece was on there this yeah. guitar is uh, there's a bit of background just from our perspective this guitar has been through all of our hands at one point because really? yeah yeah I don't think I've seen this guitar have you not before. oh okay because the uh, the person who um, was who Gak was selling it on behalf of had brought it in uh, a couple of times into the shop whilst whilst Matt and I was still working there uh, so I've seen this a, a couple of times and I, I, I plugged it in it, did, it sounded absolutely phenomenal but my favourite thing about it <coughs> excuse me my favourite thing about it was um, it had in the case if I remember correctly it had all of the case candy it did in, including the instructions uh, of how to use a tunematic bridge because it's a 62 yeah. and they were still fairly new around there yeah um, he still had that in the case which I thought was absolutely fantastic yeah it was fan- it had all the case candy in yeah. like its original packaging really well, really really nice great. just just this this really fun little letter that says what a tunematic bridge is it's <laughs> like can you imagine can you imagine anybody including that now you'd open it up and be like alright come on come yeah, I'll down. just put that in the I bin I kind of think it's good they don't include it because then it encourages people to mess around with it and then bring it back and go yeah I bought this guitar and now it's broken <laughs> It's um, we always used to do that in the shop people would come in and go oh do I not get any tools with the guitar and it's like well, it does ship with them, but we take them out of the box because we don't really want you to be messing around <laughs> with this. We'd rather you just bring it back in so that in three months you don't bring it back in and it's completely broken. It's actually better if you just don't have the tools to do any repairs. Yeah, I found, this, I found someone had left a screw in the top. In yeah, the, just in the end of the neck, there was so like I just, a bolt. So I, I tried just, to unscrew it, and I, I, I don't know, it stuck. Yeah, I just made it like turn it all the way around until the end, and now, and yeah, the guitar's gone a bit weird. Yeah, this, uh, like. yeah, I was just tightening it up because I wanted to get a real low action, so I just kept <laughs> tightening it, and then there was this weird crack. Yeah, it was odd. Um, that's cool. So, uh, Trust rod break. Bonamassa actually played the three three five. Did he play at the, the show that yeah, night? The Did very he? night. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm kind of into that. Like, yeah, which I is, am. That's, that's really cool. cool. So he played it for four songs apparently, which is quite impressive to like purchase it that day. You know, obviously he had his tech set it up and then drop it into four songs of your set. Yeah. That's, a, that's a lot of faith to put in a, a 62. Well, you say to sort that, of hold but its tuning and I mean, of 
pretty much anybody in the world yeah if there's anybody who knows about buying vintage guitars yeah. and then using them he's probably he's probably a pretty good judge yeah you know the amount he, of les pauls and and uh and 335s that he's had over the he years he is a cool dude like for guitar collecting stuff i love that video of, of him going around his house with all the random bits and bobs that he has i just yeah. think i think it's quite impressive because you know from when you watch like rig rundowns for example of particular artists they're like yeah i've got my tech and i have these are the eight guitars i'm going to use in the set or whatever the four guitars eight guitars i use this one for these songs this one for this and it's all planned out you know in the rehearsal process for the uh for the gigs and the tour or whatever and you know so you will about about joe bonamassa i don't particularly like his music but um i think he's a pretty good guitar player you know to then suddenly on the day go yeah i've just bought this guitar and use it for four tunes and not seemingly not even worry about it you know not rehearse with it or anything and just slip that into the set on stage now i think that's cool three tweed twins and then the the um double land special which is the overrate two of the overrate specials in one box and a war and that's it he's gone from basically a ton of signature pedals and loads of stuff including the signature carpet on stage to yeah, basically it's, nothing no it wasn't a carpet wasn't it an amp baffle he had an amp baffle but yeah. didn't he all no, he, didn't... Had a, he had a big because when me and Joe was there was Joe there yeah I was there you were there I mean uh, body. We, we did the rig rundown with his tech and they had yeah they had like a Joe Bonamassa carpet there was a Joe Bonamassa rock as well to keep one of the amps oh, yeah, from rattling like off brick, stage yeah. oh yeah Joe Bonamassa brick the brick Amassa. Uh, but Mikey who's his tech who I've, I've met a couple times since is like also a really knowledgeable dude and is in charge of like his entire lockup, which is just like you know insane really you think the sheer amount of gear and in a way it's a great business decision because you know it's hard to make money from music these days and you have to go out on the road you have to play gigs and you have to sell merch and you kind of have to like invest your cash and it's like what better way to invest it in based being like i've got 10 59 les pools yeah i mean if you are you know if you collect guitars and you basically buy up all of the ones that people want to buy that's pretty a solid yeah it's pretty much a solid investment isn't it and then then he's owned them, and then they're like, "Well, yeah, now they're Joe worth it." I'm, also- just, I'm uh, just looking forward to the uh, the John Five fire sale that happens in like you know 30 years just or something. All of the tellies when he go. just liquidizes all of the tellies, yeah. When he opens up his <laughs> reverb store and it's just <laughs> yeah, all tellies every year. That's crazy. Every year of production, that's at least crazy. One and he collects. I remember watching a video, and he's like, "Oh, I love the Mexican bowling ball." Like, oh yeah, yeah, the course, yeah the swirls. Whenever he sees a swell, he'll buy it. They're, yeah, because they're only a few years old, aren't they? Yeah, and they're not that much money. No, so. no, you get them for 400 quid. It's probably not, you know, it doesn't... Until you start going back to probably 1979, you're probably not paying more than 600 quid a pop if you're buying this stuff secondhand. Yeah. So if you're only buying, you know, if you're buying one guitar a year... It's not actually that much money. I mean, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, it is a lot of money, obviously. But for someone like John Five, who's made it his thing to kind of collect these guitars, for the last 30 or 40 years, you don't have to spend that much money. No. Um, it's only when you get into, yeah, like the late 70s stuff that it starts to actually get silly. But you can pick up an 80s telly for... 500 quid I mean you would never pick it up again well yeah yeah. why would you ever (laughs) if you're looking to complete the uh, you know go catch them all did you um, 
Sorry, Mark, go on. I was going to say, it's like the Dion Dublin sticker from, you know, your Premier League books. <laughs> like, you've got, you've got to have one, but you don't, you're not that bothered about it, you know. That is a reference that is lost on, I would say, 100% of the listeners to this podcast. <laughs> Love a bit of Dion. Um, I was going to say, talking of tellies, one thing that uh, I know I think came up this week was Stevie Ray Vaughan's Jimbo telly. No yeah. caster, yeah. Yes, the no caster. It was uh, weird. No, this. was it a Nocaster or was it an Esquire? I think, I think it, was it was a, a Nocaster. It was weird this because people were saying, like, oh, it's going to go for loads of money. Oh, what if it's like two million quid or whatever, two million dollars? But I mean, it's not a guitar he's particularly famous for playing, is it? No, well, it's it got his brother's name for, in it. It went up for auction before and failed to reach its um, reserve. Or reserve for 200,000. Yeah. Right, okay, fine. So it's probably not going to reach 200,000 this time around. Yeah, I mean. I had no I mean, idea I he played the telly. Reduced. I mean, he's obviously played lots of guitars at some point, but I've never seen a... I think you get you get the telly and then you get two unreleased live recordings of Stevie Ray Vaughan using the telly. I mean, they're useless. Put them in the bin. Yeah. Can't sell those on afterwards, can you? No. Just rip them, put them on Kazar, make it free for everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought, that, I thought that story was weird because it's kind of a, a bit of a non-story, really. I mean, yes, it's a guitar that Stevie Ray Vaughan owned, but... It's not a guitar that anyone really cares about, and like you say, it didn't reach its reserve before. It's um, yeah, but I guess it depends. It depends when it was though, because you know this is a nineteen fifty one. Oh, I mean, sure, it's a cool guitar, but I mean, you <laughs> but, know, this- but also the market has moved a lot from. I, who kn- I don't know when the last time that this was part of for auction was. Do you know, Matt? I think it was like four or five years ago right mm, okay so uh, you know maybe that's enough to kind of shift the price up there but yeah. I mean it's, it's a lot of money for it the thing is really if you're a massive Steve Ray Vaughan fan there's only two guitars you want yeah exactly and this <laughs> and, is not one of them <laughs> and actually obviously Fender recently did that um, set right yes the, uh, well at uh, uh, Nam, there was the uh, the, S- the Stevie Ray and Jimmy Vaughan set which have obviously gone like all to collectors like instantly so people who are Steve Ray Vaughan fans are just going to want uh, want that they've already made their purchase this year they're not going to drop the 200 grand on the Jimbo are they yeah I just think like even unless you're like a really big Steve Ray Vaughan fan like bigger than anyone and you also happen to be a millionaire it's probably not really going to sell is it no I don't know I don't know man I think that that I mean, it really depends on how much he wants for it. But I mean, what's a what's just a normal nineteen fifty one? No cost. No cost are gonna. Yeah. yeah. What's that? What's that worth now? Thirty grand. Yeah, yeah, probably twenty grand. Yeah, I mean, it does seem like quite a high. You know, if the reserve before was two hundred grand, it does seem like quite a high premium for. I mean, yes, obviously he's a very famous guitar player, but this is not a particularly iconic guitar. So yeah, it does seem weird to to have that kind of um, that premium on it. Yeah, maybe. Um. One guitar that I managed to play this week uh, was around at Joe Branton's house um, when we're shooting these videos. Joe, you're borrowing this Rickenbacker for doing your video shoot last week. Yes. Um, and it reminded me that although I absolutely love the look of Rickenbacker basses, I could not play one full time because a lot of my technique is down to muting at the bridge, mm. which is something you absolutely cannot do on a Rickenbacker no, bass. As you oh, pointed it's got out, a thingy me. over the top of it. No, no, not that. But not because even that. the the strings run through the the bridge. Yeah, so so, they, so the bridge is above the string, so that you couldn't place your hand 
on the bridge to mute the end of the strings because the bridge the strings it's would run unimpeded it's not technically the bridge because it's, the, not, it's, it's, it's where the mutes previously sat so yes on the uh, on the bridge of a Rickenbacker there used to be four adjustable um, sort of trapezoid mutes that you could move up or down it's such a shame that they've removed them now because you could stop them you could turn them off yeah and you to like wind them down yeah you basically. could wind them down which which would have been fine and that would have been the modern player but you could also wind them up and have that cool sort of Beatlesy tone and that's what I want but the new ones even though they have the bridge is the same they've removed the mutes right. so because of that the strings sit beneath uh, sort of the the top line of the bridge as it were so yeah it does make it tricky of course you do also have the the pickup cover which you know to be honest you could take, take it off yeah, but you get that on all fenders so i think that's a sort of a, a non-starter not on all fenders well on like custom shop fenders. yeah but you take them off well it's, yeah, yeah the some, thing about that is the fender ones are easy to take off because you just undo two screws having taken off a rickenbacker bridge pickup it does cover, look complicated it's very difficult because yeah. um, uh, you've got to take off the whole thing and then reattach you have the to base. oh really yeah you have to take the strings off first you absolutely have to take the strings off and then you you basically take off the entire pickup surround and pull the pickup out pretty much and then you kind of unhook the bridge plate and then you screw the pickup and the plate back in see I'd never take the cover off because I kind of like it but but then it doesn't affect me because I'd play finger style and right up well, at the top of the neck. Yeah, I mean, if you play with a pick, the it's basically impossible to use mm. with the bridge pickup on. But yeah, it'd be in, in, impossible I'd for me anyway. It's, it's funny, sort of you saying like, oh, you absolutely couldn't play one. I was sort of playing one and I was like, damn, what? Like, why have I never spent time on one of these before? This is great. I absolutely love, like, love the sound of it and found it really super, super playable. Just, I guess it's uh, the money is the only thing holding you back. Well, yeah, so, uh, I mean, we spoke about this previously, didn't we? There's the 4003 and the 4003S, and the 4003 is, um, is like, £2,300 now, which is is a big chunk of money. The the normal 4003 is um, block inlays and and binding, whereas the S uh, is dot inlays and doesn't have any binding. The S, however, is the more popular of the two. That is the one that Chris Squire used. Yep. Yes, that is the the one that Paul McCartney used. In Does the, the S stand for skin? Yeah, I don't know. But the, <laughs> the S anyway is about £1,700. Uh, there is a Jet Glow back black one currently on um, on andybaxterbass.com yep. and I also saw one in the window of Brighton Guitars so I was going to pop in actually ah. and have a little bit of a chat with them because I've got a, a couple of instruments I could move on and got I'd... some money burning a hole in your pocket yes. I'd like you to buy I think you should just buy that Epiphone buy the Epiphone that you played at the, the gig the EB3 it yeah. was. It sounded brilliant. I thought. Yeah, I, I played a, a gig recently this week with Terra Melos, and I pl- I played um, in, in order to to match. We were doing this black suit thing, so in order to match um, Tim, who plays a uh, a black left-handed SG Junior. Uh, I played an Epiphone EB3. How did that work out? Because my experience of those guitars is not particularly great. I think the build is not where it should be. I agree. Um, and that was fine when they were super cheap, but I don't think they are super they're cheap. They're two nine nine. Okay, so they're that's, not they're not mega money. Price. They're not mega money. Tuning, not fantastic. Um, but then I do play in a weird tuning anyway, so well, yeah. sort of that 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 didn't help. What it. scale length are they? Uh, it's it's thirty four thirty four inches. Oh, so, is it okay? So fine, long scale. Um, but I was I was putting it in drop C for the bulk of that. So. <laughs> 
Um, so so with always, forty always to one hundreds on. No, I did actually swap those out for fifty five one tens. Right. Um, but yeah, it, uh, yeah, it was it, it was. I thought it looked great, and and do you know what I actually really liked about the way it sounded, which is something that I've not liked when playing it on its own. When it's on its own, I'm like, oh man, there's no clarity. It's so it's so boomy and subby and and muddy, and there's no definition from that massive big mudbucker pickup in the neck and the sidewinder pickup on the bridge is really quiet. It doesn't really do anything to balance out the sound. Um, and so that on its own makes the bass a little bit you know not work so well but actually in the context of a band and because of the nature of where you basically can't hear it well no just it it meant that rather than me sitting alongside the guitar sort of because i double up on a lot of riffs i was actually sitting sort of underneath offering like just sub and filling out the sound a lot more and whilst it was somewhere where i've never naturally sat and certainly not somewhere that modern bass players often choose to sit i thought it sounded great It, it was it was very sort of very cream, very Zeppelin-y sort of thing. There is definitely something to be said for a bass that sounds unlike a guitar. You know, we always talk about P basses coming through the mix, and they do, but they are still a lot of the time occupying the same territory sonically as the guitar. Yeah. Whereas, you know, something like an EBO or an EB3 filling out that bottom end, there is definitely something to be said for that. Yeah. Um, one last thing to do before we dive into news uh, is to say a big thank you to uh, listener and Patreon backer Rob Grant, who uh, sent us a big old box of beers this week. Um, haven't bought them here. You guys can pick them up uh, on the way home. Um, but yeah, thanks very much, Rob, for uh, for sending it through. If anyone else wants to send us things, do get in touch. Info at guitarnerds.net. Um, no food. We won't accept food because you might have spiked it with something. But sealed beers... Or sealed root beer, which is seal was, beer. Yeah, seal beer made from seal <laughs> blubber, melted down seal blubber. Oh my uh, god, it's horrendous! I once saw a band called the Seal Clubbing, the Seal, seal Club Cub, Clubbing, the Seal, seal Cub, Cub Clubbing Club. All Club, oh, right, which I thought Seal Cub Clubbing Club, nice. which I, I it was in like I think it was 2005 or something I saw that band and it's now 13 years on and I still struggle to say the name hmm, yeah, and 30. I mean when they were when I was watching them they uh, they said hi we're the Seal Club clubbing Seal Cub clubbing club and like laughed to themselves so I like that despite the fact that they've been in a band for however long they, they still, still thought it was, they still thought it was funny every time <laughs> they said it got Sorry. any um, got any gigs to uh, promote by the way anything coming up. I'm putting on uh, I'm putting on Daphne and Celeste oh, in a couple weeks. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. I'm really excited. Um, their new song is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I, I have I've ditched the uh, punk rock gig that I already have a ticket for on the same day because I want to see Daphne and Celeste. So they're playing in a really small venue. Um, Would American listeners know who Daphne and Celeste are? Probably, well, they were, probably they were not. An, they were an American band. But oh, were they? They they're were, American. yeah, yeah, they're American. But they were mainly but, famous over here. Yeah, so Maddie didn't, my girlfriend didn't know who they were. Um, and, and she is American. She is American. Um, but yeah, so Daphne and Celeste, most well known for that time that they were 16 and got booed off the stage, the main stage of we Reading Festival. We were all Festival. there for that, weren't we? No, I wasn't. No. Oh, uh, Packham, you and I, was I there. were there. We yep. were there in the stage throwing cups of urine. <laughs> I didn't throw anything. I like Daphne and Celeste. Oh. But so yeah, they're, they're two, two, two big songs being Ooh, Stick You and U-G-L-Y, You Ain't Got No Alibi, You, you Ugly. Um, I always really liked oh them. I thought they were good. God. But anyway, so very weirdly, Mark happened to see that they were... Um, they were 
looking for a few shows and he put me in touch with the producer like just said oh you should speak to this guy i emailed the producer and uh who's booking the shows and we managed to sort something out really last minute i'm and, very um, excited i think it's gonna be I, really good uh, i like terrible, on wikipedia terrible. it says their official website closed down in 2001 then their management company dissolved then celeste went back to school <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's tough times 2001 rough because wow. it was 2000 they got booed off stage right yeah so yeah that was it lasted a year basically wow. before but I, I read an interview with them where um, Celeste was basically just saying like, yeah, we came off stage and uh, Rage Against the Machine and Slipknot came over to us and were like, I can't believe you managed to stay on that long. That's really incredible. And like... They did manage like two, three songs. I think they, yeah. stayed, they stayed on stage for 15 minutes they, or something. They did whatever the minimum amount was yeah. to get paid, wasn't and, it? And yeah, all these you know hardened rockers were saying that was really hardcore well done you stayed on and i, they did, I mean that's cool they were getting to like 50 cent didn't last as long no right. i was there for that um, yeah, the, la- that. the last straw, chair the out. last straw was when someone <laughs> threw a camping chair at him it was, <laughs> that was pretty that was good. Oh, that poor fitty now he's bankrupt so well yeah. Yeah. Okay. at one Maybe time he stayed on stage at one time he did have the uh biggest selling uh signature trainer even more so than michael jordan so, really? You know, you win some, you lose some. How about that? Indeed. Two other things <laughs> okay. before we move on. Fine. I was ready to go into some news. Oh, uh, yeah. But two other things. Uh, I've got, I got a new pedal board over there. Oh, yeah. Um, it's pretty big. Yeah, you guys aren't so sure about it. It's massive. It's the largest size Friedman tour board. Which, Wasn't uh, that a character in Game of Thrones? Friedman Torboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, that was good. That was good. Which is an excellent pedal board. I thoroughly recommend them. I think they're the best like um, major brand pedal board on the market. I obviously think you should be going to people like Alder and Ash um, and uh, and what these or the the boutique things that you can't buy through GAC. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah. No. Yeah, I do because uh, because there's things like one of the the biggest problem with sort of major brand pedal boards is none of them are any more than sort of folded metal. Whereas the the, the Freeman actually offers the uh, the what would you call the box uh, that you run all your cabling into, Matt? It's kind of like a patch bay. Yeah, Buffered like a patch bay. Yeah, exactly. That it, that's such an important thing of of uh, having sort of like a, a tidy board and a board that sort of works and is reliable and can be quickly set up. I, and it's actually, something that their board is not as big as the biggest pedal train. Right. It's only fifteen by thirty, which it's, is actually I think smaller it's, than the pedal. It's like the depth though, because it's two layers, and like the gig bag is massive. I th- well, the gig yeah, bag is is huge, kind yeah. of um, it's kind of walled, isn't it? And they, it's got like a a skeleton kind that, of that. That it's a very gig, it's a very good gig bag. Like yeah, it's yeah. a tall, worthy gig bag. Unlike the pedal train ones that fall apart. That um yeah. that gig bag is bigger than the suitcase that I took to America for two weeks. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty big. Yeah. When I had to get on the rush hour train to get here, I was not sort of all the other commuters' favourite person. Why why such a change, Joe, from the small board? Um, well, actually, uh, I I just want to put loads of pedals on. Yeah, I'm I'm just going to try and make a, a massive pedal board i think that's the that's the general idea one thing i didn't realize until i opened it up because it has a separate angled area for expression pedals which i think is excellent unfortunately it has two of those and i was like oh, i have to buy you a second take, expression you can take pedal. Them off. no i don't think you can no you can't we just looked what? at it earlier 
Well, maybe you can. Maybe you can unbolt them. You, yeah, can, you can unbolt sure. them because you can buy them separately, and then you can bolt extra ones on. Right, right. I see. Right. The um, gig bag is so big that if you follow us on Instagram, you will have seen this. Um, the gig bag is so big that I can almost fit. Well, I can basically fit my entire body in there. You did climb into it. But I can't quite close the lid. Um, which you, is good. You want to be again on that yoga, mate. We well, could definitely kick you into there. Well, I mean, it's quite good that I can't close the lid because Jay said if you fit in that and the lid closes, I'm going to throw you down the stairs. <laughs> um, so I wanted to see how roadworthy the gig bag was. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm still here. I'm still alive. I couldn't fit in. Joe, what was the other thing that you wanted to say? Oh, my band got played on Radio One. Yeah, how, how funny how, is that? We all an how, instrumental prog band got played on Radio One. You're not a prog band. Yeah, prog like Genesis band. or something. You're, you're, you're like Dillinger Escape Plan. That's, that, that is prog. No, nah, it's metal, mate. It's prog. Are mate. they a metal hammer? Is metal hammer still a thing? Yeah, Terrorizer went under. Metal ha- no. No, metal hammer did go under and then it got saved at the last minute. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think. LME it, went under though, didn't it? Uh, yeah. Did it? No, I thought no it was free. Enemy. It oh. went under this week, yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Toys R Us and NME. And, and Maplin. Maplin. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you going to buy, buy your, your capacitors from? Know. If you had to put those three in order of which one you're most sad about, Maplin, Toys R Us, or NME, J Cross? Um, probably most. Uh, probably most sad about NME. And then. Yeah, me too. I, don't, I mean, I, I've read it, I think, three times since it became free. It's, it, the thing is, is that it just became loads and loads of adverts, which is what you need to be when you're a free magazine. But I also, I don't think I ever bought a single copy of the enemy, so I'm not really that bothered. But I also, um, I don't really care about... The Smiths. No, no, no. I was going to say, I oh, went right. to a Toys R Us once and it was like hell on earth. Terrible. And uh, I don't think I've ever bought anything from Maplin. So, Joe you know. Branton? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I, I <laughs> don't night. care about anything. Toys R Us. I remember yeah, playing M64 in Toys R Us in 1996. Mark has just set this up. Mark has just set this up to show how uninterested in enemy is. All under one roof. It's called Toys R Us. Joe, how much is the big pedal board due to the fact that you saw Terramelos about four days ago? Toys R Us. Oh, yeah, I did. I played a gig with Terramelos. Nick Reinhardt was fantastic. He was lovely and fantastic, and we hung out and we drank beers and he gave me some plectrums and a record and a pin badge and and then you uh went home smitten and bought a big pedal board because the one thing that he was upset about you uh you four was not having enough pedals his his pedal boards are quite small actually his his pedal board was amazing because i went to the gig the next day and i spoke about it because i was like someone who i i admire for their pedal use and then was like why is your pedal board just a plank of wood? I was like, it's one of those things where you're like, you use so many good pedals, but yeah, you put everything on. And he had a really good answer. He's like, basically, I need to go on tour, can't afford to put it in the hold. So I bought the biggest mono case you can buy for pedal trains, which is like, I don't know, probably about the same size as the one that Joe Branton's got. Got a plank of wood that perfectly fits in the base and then built all of his pedal boards so it goes in that bag. And then all the other pedals that he uses on the side perfectly stack on top, and then the whole thing fits in a mono gig bag. It was really impressive. There we go. Utilitarian. Nothing, nothing fancy for the king of pedals, basically. Mm. What we should do is dive in to a whole bunch of pedal based, because it, it is all pedals this week. Shout, really? out, shout out to McDodd. <laughs> New Wave. 
We've been talking a lot about pedal stations this week, um, but a company uh, called Trinolog have announced the brand new effects station. Matty, tell us about it. Well, according to a great quote on their website, music first, gears come last. All right. What? <laughs> I don't believe you, but, you know, whatever. That's what it says on their on their front page. Um, details are limited, um, but from what I can gather, it is a cartridge-based effects system that's effectively um, control, also then controlled via an app. So it's a tiny little pedal board with four buttons and a little screen on it. Yes. And when you want to add effects, you basically plug in a little cartridge, and that cartridge gives you... Like a SNES. Like a SNES. Yeah, we're going back in time. Um, So, yeah, basically, you get different effects that plug in via cartridge, no need for cables. It all goes together in a little box, uh, and then you hook up the um, iPad or uh, Android app and create your pedal chain and put them in any orders you want and save them. And then recall them later on your um, on the foot switches. Oh my goodness! It's it, it looks amazing. Hasn't it got a little leather? Hasn't it got a little leather handle on the it's top also of it? Yeah, got yeah. A little handle. So on what? Top. What I don't understand. So the little cartridges they are for each effect. So it's yes. like it's it's a bit like a helix or a head rush, but rather than having everything built in, you have to put plug each them in individual one into separately sold boxes. Yeah, so basically one box holds eight little cartridges. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm into this right. in I a mean, big it, way. it really does seem like a... Uh, a I mean, a, it looks a, great. A Game Boy or something. Are they, they're, they're analog effects though, right? I don't. They can't be analog effects. Are. I think they're digital by the looks. But then, of why it. do you have to like slot them in? So yeah, I don't know. I well, don't know. You, the, no, the, they've, like got, be, they've got to be digital. How can they? You well, because you could have a, like a digital oh. brain. So it could be like the um, Chase Bliss pedals, where it's like digital control, yeah. but analog effects. Yeah. Yes, and actually, this isn't the first time it's been done. Uh, Yamaha actually made a pedal board in the eighties. That was like a big, it kind of looked like, um, I don't know, imagine like 
an ES5, for example, but with an extra bit on the end, but you plugged the pedal slots into the top, and then they were your thing. So you can buy just the module. And it's actually really hard to find the modules with the boards. Um, I can't remember what it was called, but yeah, it's a really old 80s Yamaha system that were analog effects that basically plugged into a foot controller. Um, this is, this all- is a similar thing, but you can obviously reprogram it. This is also very similar to the project that Devi ever kickstarted as well and then didn't actually complete as far as I remember. She was working on like a modular effect system that sounds very much like this, where you just kind of slotted in new effects. Yeah, and actually... Um- Zvex tried a similar thing with their Invento box, which was the um, pedalboard system that you could basically, they gave you a load of schematics for the boards they already make. It was really plug and play. And then you could, they were going to release loads of other ones and then it kind of never really took off. Ah, it's the Yamaha SB100, I believe. I was uh, just looking that up if people have... Uh, yeah, the SB100 pedalboard was the professional pedalboard system made by Yamaha in the 1980s that featured five slots that you could then plug pedals into. Why Why has this idea not taken off? This is the coolest, best thing I've ever seen. It this will... is all I want ever. I just want an SB100. I just want to buy this... This, I want to buy this Trinilog thing now and I can't. I've got to wait. So <laughs> it says it's not 97 even 97 days. days until it launches on Indiegogo. We now need to do like a, a podcast countdown. What are you talking about? The, to, you're, to, you, you, if, ah! if you wanted this, if you wanted this, yes. then you would be using a multi effects board rather than individual yeah, you effects. You can't plug uh, stuff in. No, That's what Joe's no. into. Yes, I can choose. If I want to change my effect, all I have to do is unscrew the back panel on my Trinilog effects and select from one of my other cartridges, which I can then <laughs> slot in and then reattach the back panel. It's like being a tape record label in 2018. <laughs> it's like you could just I listen have, on Spotify. I have to say, the, I, tapes. I may have to go on a hunt for this SB100 because it looks Actually, fantastic. Joe, you, the expression pedal on this is, is this incredibly skinny sort of expression pedal. It looks fantastic. Oh, my favourite thing hunt. about it is is that the on-off switch for the entire unit is just above the toe point. Of the expression pedal, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. So, oh, oh I've slipped. Yeah. I'm just bringing the volume up. Bringing it up. Oh, it's being, turned off. Being from the eighties, this definitely takes yeah. like a couple of minutes to boot yeah. up. So, if you accidentally turn it off mid gig, probably we'll be, also uses those D cell batteries, like the proper fat ones. <laughs> it's not just a one hundred. There's also a two hundred, which yeah, takes well, even the more. Two hundred has got a patch bay on it, which is all the ins and outs. So you can actually route all of them in different orders. Yes. <laughs> I wish you could see Joe's face right now. He's, he's loving it. He's oh loving it. Oh my life. god, this is the best product of all time in history. So what but we should you, do is you we can buy the pedal separately. If you want to buy the pedal separately, you right. can buy the pedal separately as well. I, I think okay. we should track the progress of the Trinlog effect station. So what is it? Ninety-seven days until ninety-seven the, days until Indiegogo starts. Also, I want to try and find an SB one or SB two hundred. I will buy one. If anyone finds one, let me know. I will buy one do it and um, Maleko have announced a couple of brand new pedals this week Jay Cross I believe you got the rundown on the downer and the thicken yeah so as with uh, everything that Maleko 
uh, does. I uh, don't think I will ever understand what they're trying to do. And I also think that once you play one of these pedals, it won't sound like anything that you have either A, expected it to sound like, or B, ever heard no. before. Oh my God, an SB100 went for £28. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that was 2014. Don't worry. Oh, there we go. So I'm sure it would have gone up about £2 since then, so... You're still, you'll still get one. You're still worry. quitting. Don't worry. So Maleka have released two new pedals. Uh, one, the first one is the Downer, um, which uh, is uses wave folding and saturation to uh, do something with octaves. <laughs> I mean, I've been, I've been, I've been sat here reading, reading the description for the last, I don't know, half hour, and I can't get my head around it. Okay. I don't really understand. I never understand. Why don't what we talk Maleka- to? Let's talk to a grown-up who knows what they're talking okay. about. Matt, Matt Knight, what what do these do? Well, basically, it is an octave down pedal, right? On the on the the base of it, it's an octave down pedal, but it has high pass and low pass filter, so you can um, you know tweak the tone a little bit if you want it more bassy or or more trebly. You can blend in between 100% dry or 100% wet. Um, but then it's it's got two different types of drive saturation, which is like normal gain, or wave folding, which I don't really know how to explain. But I think it's when the waveform basically like collapses in on itself, which causes like a, a form of of gain, basically. So it's a distorted octave down pedal. It's probably the way to look at it, but it's a little bit more synthy if you use the wave folding rather than the saturation. Gotcha. So it's kind of like, with, as with everything that Maleko does, a little bit weird, a bit quirky. Um, and I guess you would look at it as more like a screwed up kind of pog or something like that. But it doesn't have the octave up, just the kind of octave down. That's all their pedals. It's a screwed up something Yeah, it's else. like a yeah. broken version of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like it. I put the, um, the sneak attack in again the other day. No, not the sneak attack. The Charlie, Charlie Foxtrot. Yeah. Charlie Foxtrot. I was like, I can't quite work this out but I really like it the Charlie Foxtrot is just one of the weirdest pedals I've ever played I honestly think that's probably the weirdest pedal because when you're playing a pedal that's like you know like classic Matt Knight fodder which is like yeah it's a ring modulator with like four octaves down and stuff it's like yeah this is weird and like that um what was that pedal that uh, the guitar disruptor yeah I thought you were going to mention that by Electro Faustus which is like really weird but they're just synthy you know they're just like okay it makes your guitar sound like a kind of broken synth and it's just noisy with the Charlie Foxtrot it still sounds like a guitar and it still sounds usable but it's not actually. It's not well, usable. It, yeah, and um, um, the fact that well, even Joe is admitting that it's not usable. I think it's is tricky. You, but, uh, but it's not. This is not. Mm. Uh, I think that sort of effect can be done usably. I think they got got it wrong. I think um, effects like that, like <clears throat> Matt. <clears throat> Matt, obviously, you saw Terra Melos as well. Nick yeah, Reinhardt so uses those sorts of glitches all the time, but there are pedals that do that in a, in a more reliable I th- way. I, I think, think having the random aspect to the Charlie Foxtrot is just what makes it borderline... I mean, not even borderline unusable, completely unusable. Well, I know. I think that the way that you would use it, though, is because Maleko come from a modular synth background. So it's got a trigger in. So the idea is that you would run a sequencer through it for example or yeah. your guitar and then the external trigger in would come from the kick drum so yeah, yeah. your 
the the way it slices and randomizes is actually in time with the music you're playing. Right. So you okay, that makes where sense. It's, where it's coming from. So as long as you've got like a metronome or you've got something going in there to yeah. keep it. So when we were demoing it, when when we were doing the video and when we were messing around with it, it didn't have anything to keep the beat. No, so didn't have anything to keep the trick. Random. Understood. Okay, right. Well, that but, that makes a lot more sense. But just going back to you know talking about uh, Nick and when we saw Terramelos on on Fridays, he actually uses this new Red Panda pedal that came out at NAM, and but but it's a granular delay, so it's still giving you repeats. But what it's doing is it's splicing up. Yeah. the audio it's captured to kind of st- you so you still get a normal signal but you also get this kind of random signal in the background as well so it sounds way more usable he used that a lot and he used it to really great effect it was uh... yeah i think the charlie foxtrot is more like a kind of weird tremolo in the sense that yeah. it's just like you don't really know what it's it's going to go up and down in volume you just don't know when or what, what I find funny with all these glitch pedals is you could basically do all of this 15 years ago on the Boss Slicer and everyone just went, nah, that pedal's rubbish, mate. Nah, not really into that. Don't know what it does. And now there's the, these pedals that are like twice the price, yeah. don't do half as much stuff oh, I, and I are what. almost unusable. And everyone's like, yeah, that's the one for me. Yeah, definitely getting that one. And then, you know, the Slicer's just still going, still going, but it's just... Actually, well, actually, it's uh, it's being discontinued. Are you allowed to tell us that? yeah. Okay, good. Well, Slice is a cornerstone yeah, of uh, Tim's pedalboard um, setup. Because the other thing that we were talking about the other day in the office is the Boss FRV1, which is no longer available. Oh, I want one of those. That's um, a great pedal. They are now going for £200 plus. Ridiculous. On eBay. They are one of the, the Fender, the grey version of the no, Fender the, Reverb. No, just, just the Reverb. It was the, the yeah, brown the, yeah, one. The Fender one. The oh, the, the brown, brown one. one. Yeah, there was the three. There was the FBM, which is the Baseman right. preamp, essentially. Then there was the FRV one, which was the the uh, the reverb, and then the FDR, which was like yeah, a deluxe, deluxe the, reverb, yeah. deluxe yeah. reverb, and that yeah. was the one in the tweed chassis. No, that was the one in the black. Oh, so there was FRV two, was in the two of them. Oh, the tweed so chassis. two of them were like preamps, uh, kind of with other features built in the basement and the deluxe, and the FRV was just the reverb tank. Oh, I understand. Like you know, like a separate Fender reverb tank. Yeah, I've seen the price on those crawling up, and um, that's upsetting because that is a great sounding pedal. Yeah, and uh, everyone should have one. They were but, going for no money as well. But I, I do wonder, like for that sort of money, you could easily get a Strymon Flint. Well, I think that's that. a better sounding yeah. reverb than the than the the Boss. But you know, it's uh, it doesn't look as cool. The boss is a real good-looking pedal. So how about this other pedal then, the yeah, Thicken? Yeah, the, the Thicken actually seems a lot more, you know, in terms of Maleko. Yeah, in terms from Maleko's point of view, it's a lot more, I would say, usable um, for Luddites like myself. Um, so it's kind of a delay pedal. Um, it's also got a chorus aspect to it, but primarily the point of it is to thicken up your sound, hence the name Thicken. thicken. Um, so there's uh, there's a lot going on here. It is it's been designed in part by um, what's his name, Colin Thingy from Wire, uh, um, from the band Wire. Colin Geezer, I can't remember his name. It's here somewhere. Sure, Colin Geezer. Uh, Colin Newman from the Gary, band Wire. Gary Newman. Gary Newman. No, not Gary. From Newman. the band Gary Newman. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's basically he wanted something that would thicken up his sound. And so they've done that through rather than... Um, Was his tone a bit wiry? Yeah, oh, my goodness me. 
Boom, wow. rather than, rather than um, just driving the sound in order to beef it up, they've done it by widening the signal almost through a ke- through uh, through modulation. So um, you can uh, you can they, they reckon that there's three aspects to it. Um, yeah, mad, really mad. I've not had a chance to watch the video yet. I'm sure it's great though. It's it's basically chorus is effectively a really short delay. So sure. it's got two choruses in it which are two delay, two separate delay lines and a delay which gives you another delay line. And then you're basically spreading the amount of signal across all three delays. So it's kind of like running three short delays all at the same time. That's going to be pretty thick. To thicken your sound. And then you can add a preamp to, you know, really go heavy on the thickness. <laughs> it does what it says on the tin. It looks nice too. <laughs> <laughs> um, Manite, tell us about the even MIDI pitchy MIDI controller. I saw a picture of this and I thought it was just the Digitech uh, <laughs> whammy. It looks exactly like the Digitech Ricochet, which I'll yes. get to uh, in a second. Basically, we've, we've spoken about even MIDI before. They came out with um, the pedal that was your H9 controller. So it could control up to three H9s at once and then yes. put all of the controls on physical um control knobs that you could turn in, in real time and it made it much easier to kind of expand your your h9 beyond not having a, a midi controller basically um this is a genius product <laughs> so basically you have an h9 and you set a particular algorithm that's already in the h9 to preset number one you plug in the even midi and then this sends all of the midi controls to your h9 to basically turn it into a whammy I see. So, um, so there's a particular algorithm called, I think it's just called pitch, and it's just like one that goes up, and, and you basically plug that in to preset one. It automatically engages preset one, and then the even MIDI pitchy does all of the, the rest of the work, but gives you all of the um, all of the whammy settings. Right, I see. All of them, and adds a sequencer, and gives you all the ricochet modes as well. So it works exactly like a, a whammy and a whammy Digitech ricochet. I mean, how many people out there do you reckon have got H9s on their board and a whammy, like, taking up tons of room? Well, yeah. I mean, because it, it does the sounds, but unless you have an expression pedal plugged in and then you have a separate MIDI controller to then go to that sound, I was like, actually, this is kind of a genius product, Yeah, really. Because you hit that, it automatically tells your H9 what preset it needs to go to and what setting you want and then it's got all of the controls on there sequencer you know the ricochet mode the standard whammy mode which you can do like a pitchfork yeah so it's a soft touch switch so if you hold it down it will do the whammy up or the whammy down absolutely i was like that's brilliant i think it's like 120 that's 140 dollars 119 euros yeah so looking at it 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 appears, and I can't tell for sure, but I think this might be a licensed product. It, I think they would. It's too close. It's, if not. I mean, it just looks exactly like the control section of a Digitech Whammy. So I would be really surprised if it isn't. But it, it just looking on the website, it does appear. It, it says, you know, this is designed to be used with an Eventide registered trademark H nine registered trademark. Or and Digitech registered trademark whammy. So like, they're they're putting the trademarks in all over the shop. So yeah, weird. presumably, 
it's or maybe, all... maybe they're doing that to cover their backs. Well, maybe I don't maybe. know. It 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 seems because that's what Line Six used to do or still do when they when they have the kind of like pilots' guides. They'll put this particular sound is based on this particular boss DD two trademark. Yeah. Oh right, weird. But they weird. never actually went to boss and said we want to put a DD two sound in it. Yeah. So I think it's probably just to kind of cover themselves interesting I'm, I'm keeping a keen eye on this brand they make stuff that I have absolutely no use for but for people uh, like nerds like you Matt um, even MIDI seem to be doing some really interesting stuff yeah yeah I thought it looks very cool and actually I just went on the website because they've released full details now from when I checked before and they've actually told you how to hook up with a Boss ES8 there we go oh very cool so, awesome there we go nice like, oh maybe it makes it even more even. worth my while even <laughs> Joe Brenton. Yeah. See, we have before eight. I talk about that. Before I talk about that, okay. I found myself over on. Pardon. I found myself over on the official Tony Levin Reverb Shop. <laughs> Why? Where because King Crimson's Tony Levin has for sale his, his. Yamaha SB100 as used by Tony Levin on the King Crimson uh, live record, one of their live records. Brilliant, it's a classic. Um, How much? Down from £14,749.61 <laughs> pence to a measly £1,290.59 pence plus free shipping to wait, the UK. Wait, it was £14,000? I mean, yeah. I, I, and I now think, it's £1,000? Yeah, but... I don't think it ever was that. I think maybe he got confused when he was doing the listing. You know, maybe because he maybe he had the funk fingers on his hands and he couldn't use the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying, oh, he was no. trying to type with the drumsticks on and he, he couldn't do it. Too many digits. Did I tell you that? And maybe you know this because you've been. But when I went to the guitar center on Sunset Boulevard, do you know they've got all the uh, they've got all the, the, the handprints hand outside. Yeah. Tony Evans has got it. With has he got the, the funk the fingers? Two fingers? Unbelievable! It's so funny. Oh, it's so good. Uh, so I could buy Tony Levin's actual SB100 for a measly £1,300. You could do that. Or you could buy the brand new TC Electronic SpectraDrive bass pedal. I absolutely could. And what a fantastic product. As if I could love TC even more at the moment ever since they released my own signature sound. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Where, where's the conflict of interest siren? I've just left it under the table. <laughs> <laughs> so this Spectra drive is absolutely fantastic. TC, who who whilst uh, having a very very successful bass amplifier uh, range, been very quiet on the old bass effects recently. Yep. Um, and, and in fact, on, on everything bass related recently. But this Spectra drive is an absolutely you've, fan. You've, you've you've done you've done like really bad, really. bad bad business for him yeah you were, <laughs> the last, you were the last I've really tried I probably was the last <laughs> bass player to do a signature like, sound yeah we released that and then the sun all the it's bass sales just off. dropped off know. it's weird <laughs> um, so the Spectra Drive so this is absolutely fantastic what a wonderful product for TC to release they are finally throwing the hat into the ring of the the one bass effect that all bass players want a good preamp that that competition for the ever dominant Sans Amp you know, recently we've had things like um, BB1X. We've had the BB1X from Boss. We've had Dark Glass uh, becoming very popular. Everyone's yep. tried it. MXR um, did, did a very successful. 108 I think. Yeah, something like that. Um, or wasn't it? No, 82. M80. 82. 80. 801. Eight, mm, Blink 182. 82. I don't know. 
Um, but you know, MXR did one. Uh, there was the um, Electro Harmonics had the. Um, I can't remember. They, there's there's had a name. Uh, the uh, baseballs. But no, it's like <laughs> no, not baseballs. Essentials or it was called something like that. Yeah, it was like um, fundamentals or. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, it was Doesn't like a matter. base workstation. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so everyone's everyone's tried the preamp, and and I think people struggle to 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 make something that's going to knock those Sansamps and Sansamp VTs off people's boards. Certainly, I think Dark Glass have come closest in recent years, but the problem is. It's just so scooped that only metalers are going to buy dark glass stuff. Yeah. Um, this looks fantastic. So this is their version of it. What makes this great is it's a double foot switchable version. So it is a, a preamp um, with a switchable drive. It has an XLR out. Yeah. And then what makes it fantastic is they've added, and the reason for the name, they've added their very good multiband spectra compressor is built in. So this, essentially, I was looking at this and being like, oh, because I know I've got that big Friedman, but I also have a little Friedman you board. Just, so you've bought the world's biggest pedal board, and now you found a pedal that does everything that you need it yeah. to do in and one I kind pedal. And I kind of bought that because the Friedman pedal board I have at home, I can't quite fit. I'm like two pedals, t- two pedals too f- few can go yeah. on the board. But if I got this, I could lose my Sans amp. I could lose my drive. Yeah. And I could lose my compressor. Because it would be all three things in yeah, one. Yeah, but you wouldn't. Well, I probably would. I probably would. I'd get this and lose all three of those pedals. Oh, Save wow. some space. Uh, it looks absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah, I tell I'm you, really it's into it. the, the thing that pushes this further up the list than, uh, I do apologise, Matty, the BB-1X, um, is the XLR out. The BB-1X doesn't have an XLR there out. There is and a balanced out on, on the BB-1X. Yeah, there so, is, but so it's you, not XLR, is it? Yeah, you just need no, a yeah, connector. It goes TRS to XLR. Yeah, I suppose. Just need a different it's cable. Exactly the same. It, it, it is exactly the same, but, it, but despite it being exactly the same, a lot of people want to plug an XLR in. Um, people are lazy. Yes, yes, they are, they are, but you know. I mean, I don't really know why it makes any odds to me because I just, I never use it. Mm. No, no, it's the sound man. Or lady, yeah, or lady. I mean, the sound person. It's sound actually no room. good to me either because Dave. Because yeah, that's what I'm, I was referencing. A very specific man that I know <laughs> who does sound, Dave Soundman. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's actually no good to any bass players that use more effects than just that, because of course you're going to want them to take the DI from your amp if you're using. Yes, effect. so it's it's kind of a moot point. But nonetheless, but I think this is uh, what. Yeah, but, kidding, but all your effects in front of that. <laughs> Um, but I, uh, but the yeah, I think at the end. This yeah, that's, re- that's how I run my rig. Sound. I like to have the old compressor right at the end. I mean, the other thing is, is it does have a. Uh, it's got. Uh, it's got an auxiliary in, and it's got a headphone out, which is nice. Has it? It does have a headphone out. Yeah. Has it got any auxiliary? It's in got an well? auxiliary in and a headphone out. So you can plug your phone in to jam along, basically. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or just I might get, get a, one of these get for a, home. Get a um a, a large jack to mini jack. And uh, you use it as an effects loop. Lovely. I'm kidding. It's got oh, a ground lift on it that, as well. It does. Great. It, no, I know it wouldn't work. It does have a ground lift on it. Seriously, it does, though, it, seriously though, for home, thinking about it, you know, if you just wanted some, like a single small box that you could plug into the mains, plug a phone in to listen to stuff, headphones out, and get a decent bass sound as well, mm-hmm. that's like another totally valid reason for buying this pedal, as yeah. well as it you know, being great for live and recording and stuff like that. Just a little practice box. How much is this? Uh, I don't know yet. It's only just been announced. I don't know right. if it's hit sort of uh, some shops yet. 
Okay, interesting. I'm uh, I'm going to look out for that because I was thinking I don't play enough bass at home and something with some headphones that sounded half decent. Um, £209. Okay. Whoa, so wow. At £209, they are undercutting Sansamp, they're undercutting Dark Glass um, and they are £10 more expensive than the than the boss BB1X interesting we will see how that sits in the market how about we take we're almost at the end of the episode but we take maybe one or two questions Tom says good afternoon guitar folks long time lurker first time poster here I've been recording my own material using an old Tascam 4 track and I want to transfer it to a laptop but these new ones have no line in anymore I've been told there's some sort of line in to USB connector I can use to transfer my music onto a laptop wait can anyone shed any light on this? Do you know what this has made me remember? What? That I've been thinking about buying. A tape four track? No. The Tascam Gibson 335. What? Excuse me? The Tascam Gibson 335. I don't know what that is. Oh, no. I don't want to tell people on the podcast because there's only one at GAC and I want to buy it. A Tascam Gibson it's 335. It's only £3,000. What is this? So, you know, Gibson bought Tascam. Yeah. Well, when they this bought the orange, thing? yeah, when they bought oh, Tascam, no. they made they released a Tascam Gibson pack. It was a Tascam orange Gibson three three five that came with a Tascam interface and microphone. That's very and it's weird. Two nine nine nine. What? And it's that it's orange, but it's a great color. Red. I, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't care about the Tascam stuff, but that color. That's the only. That's Tascam orange. It's the only time that color's been used. It's a great finish. That like, is actually, listeners. I mean, check it out. Look for the. That the, is actually a great looking guitar. It's a great looking guitar. I'm really thinking about buying it. When you say that it's the only time that colour's ever been used, oh. what you mean there is Gibson have made an orange guitar and called it Tascam, Tascam Orange. orange. Yeah. It's not, that's not... It's a great, it's, it's not an like orange a, 335. Find me, find me another orange 335. Well, I mean, yeah. That is a that is a really, really good-looking guitar. It's a really good-looking guitar. Good guitar, isn't it? And, of course, it's not sold because it's a Tascam pack. Yeah, and yeah. like, no one wants some crap For old... £3,000. No, it's I think it comes. I think it comes with. I think it comes with Cakewalk. Which I don't think is even a valid software. Uh, no, Gibson. I think it's folded. Right. No, didn't Band Lab by Kate Walk. Yeah, it's oh, owned God, by someone else now. Yeah. So okay, so it's like completely defunct. Anyway, I just found this box, like it, at this dusty box in the corner of the warehouse the other day when I was looking for something interesting to demo. Sort of took it out, and I was like, "What's this mic set in here?" I opened it up, and it was a bright orange three three five. It's I'm, really good. I, I really want it. I'm, it's very I'm, nice. I'm strongly considering purchasing this. It's nice. It's nice. Um, so Joe, you're probably the closest. You're the one who gets approached by kind of. Uh, pro audio dealers more than any of us i would say what is the kind of new hip thing for uh getting audio into the pc i know focus right was very much in vogue um a few years ago what's the um what's the brand now I, I, what's the question as How, soon as i heard the word Tascam, i was like what, what is there, it you, nobody said anything oh yeah we did what yeah, is a good sorry. usb interface Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Focusrite is still absolutely dominating on on the budget end of the market. I mean, the fact that you can pick up like a Scarlett 2i2 for, you know, whatever it is, like way sub £100. Yeah. Like, that's fantastic. And they're really good. The good thing about Focusrite is they come with uh, really good uh, uh, like software packages as yes. well. So you get the Red 2 and Red 3 plugins with um, with their with their Scarlett series that are really good and also depending on if if you if you're not in a great rush and you sort of keep your eye out um focus right run different like free software packages every few months so um you can get like a different 
different free thing like when i got mine i think i got like a novation base station virtual instrument as well like you know on top of the red two and three plugins and they're always doing stuff like that so i i I kind of rate them because of that because they're such a large company that they they always do deals with other software brands yeah and they're affordable and they look good they're well built they sound good they're easy to use Obviously, Matt's going to want us to talk about the the Roland bits and bobs, which are which are actually like if I if I was picking between two brands, I would either be going for like a Roland interface or I'd be going for a, um, if not, I if I didn't product category, mate. Oh right, okay. <laughs> he doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care. It's Roland. It's like computer actually, stuff. He doesn't care. But enough, they're really Roland, good. Roland actually make a USB to jack cable. Yes, that I've tried and it actually works surprisingly. Well, 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 there's a few it's been options. It's designed for for the use of of actually recording guitar, and I think it's got a little. So, a little there's something in the jack plug that basically allows the signal to be hot enough to go via USB, so you can record it in. So, um, yeah, I mean, basically, there's two options here. Uh, Tom, who asked the question, you could, if you're comfortable still recording on the four track, obviously, you can just take a line out of that to USB. There's a few companies that do it, but probably uh, Roland are a, are a good option for that because the, the the quality of conversion will be good. Um, but I mean, I would say, you know, go for something like a, a cheap interface, like the Focusrite. There's some Roland options as well, um, because that means that you could record direct into the computer if you want to, and it also allows you to take audio out of the computer and there's a few other things you could connect up speakers um which is something you know that you would struggle to do for particularly successfully with the four track sorry matt in stereo as well so if you took a trs to dual mono out of the line out um, and some of those old tascam ones had multiple outs as well yeah so if it's got two two outs or even four outs one for every track you could buy a big enough and cheap enough interface allowed you to record each individual track yeah um, yeah definitely you get you know if you got a two in or a four in yeah you could actually just bounce tracks uh yeah. either two or one at a time so yeah that's the um that's the way i would go um with that we actually need to wrap this podcast up thank you for um for joining us thank this week um we are going to do another half an hour oh, of this guff um over at patreon.com forward slash where from as little as one dollar a month you can support the guitar nerds support. podcast one dollar a month gets you access to the regular episode ad free and early and at five dollars a month you get an extra half an hour every week plus access to bonus interviews and mini series like joe branton's ranton at ten dollars a month you get your name read out on the regular episode every week by joe branton in one breath just like these people have Bef- yeah don't worry what we what did we do earlier you and me burst into song Topical. I always worry that someone's going to walk into the room when I'm watching professional wrestling and because it's quite an embarrassing thing to watch as a 33 year old man and I feel the same way that someone 
I feel, you know, if someone walked in while you were listening to that, <laughs> you'd probably feel the same way. You have the yeah, awkward is, conversation <laughs> about like, what are you listening to? It's, just, it's not safe for work, but not because it's rude. Just this is rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I won't put the explicit tag on the podcast just so less people download it don't have to listen to that absolute nonsense. Um, we are very, very close to getting 200 backers in total on Patreon. Oh, despite Joe's Despite this. <laughs> Absolute nonsense. Um, And we had had a few new ones this week. So we're about... I can't remember how many people we are away. We're not that far away from 200. The Patreon page says 191. Okay, so we need nine new ones. And I said that we would do something special and people could choose what that would be. I did say one of the (laughs) options was to make you listen to 24 hours worth of Muse uh, back to back. When on earth do I have... I don't have 24 hours Well, all this big Patreon money you'll be making, you can afford to take a day off and listen to Muse. Or Joe could be, I don't know... What? uh, I don't know, forced to stare at a bottle of Jack Daniels and not drink any of it uh, some sort I'm of booze I'm still not drinking related thing you just said that you had some beers this oh, yeah, week yeah but when I say not drinking I mean like not drinking a litre of scotch right okay um, fantastic or Matt and I could be forced to play uh, I don't know uh, he could be forced to make a statement saying how much he loves Behringer pedals I think I something think, like that I I've, think it should I, be what about the personal phone call that that was quite t- quite topical I'll give people I'll call people so if I will two, phone people okay, so up. we're going to say if 200 people sign up to the Patreon you're going to make 200 personal I phone will, calls I will make 200 personal phone calls okay I'm into <laughs> it I'll tell you what I might actually do I will make 200 personal phone calls and I will record them and, and, and we'll release, put that as an, we'll put an that episode as, well it'll be a few people episodes might, people not, might not want that they, they, they don't get a choice if you sign up that's what you're signing up for okay. I will call you we will see. I will call you whilst you're sleeping <laughs> we'll see <laughs> if we can make that dream a reality uh, if you want to get involved in the conversation you want to tell us what you'd like to see I'm going to call the, you and speak to your spouse the, uh, I quite like the idea of Joe reading out the names of the 200 people that are our Patreon backers in one whilst, breath <laughs> either in one breath or in the sea yeah like, okay Joe gets in the sea in April yeah ice bath and lovely I'll, the I'll, ice bucket challenge the Patreon I'll carry on doing the one breath I'll read out everyone's names but I'll add your wives or husbands and children I think a bit weird no here's what I think I think it should be that you uh, phone people up and the per- the personal phone call has to be in one breath I think <laughs> I, I think we stand Joe on the seafront we get 200 buckets of ice cold water <laughs> and then he reads a name and then we throw one of the buckets over him and then he has to read another one I will die and we see how far he can get before and, I die and we film it and it's going to be hilarious I'll do that if you want to tell us what you'd Speaking like to of see ice buckets cut me off <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that there was, you know, the ice bucket challenge? Everyone's like making yeah. fun of it. Mm. You see, they like found a cure for ALS. Well, I don't think they found a cure for ALS, but it really helped. Yeah. Mad. We can change the world. And in the case of make this, it a we can place. make us richer by making putting Joe Brant- <laughs> water on Joe Branton. That changed the world for me. Um, Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. You can tell us uh, what you'd like to, us to do for our 200 Patreon backer milestone. Um, you can also uh, follow what we're doing on Twitter and Instagram at guitar nerds. And new videos going up all the time now over at youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos. Thanks very much for listening this week. And we will speak to you next week bye cheers gang that was
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.